From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome once again to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. I am, as always, Jerry Brooks, your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, and tour guide through the wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America. And, well, um, <laughs> I, I have to get started uh, here in a, in a second. Some things I missed from yesterday's episode. Um, but uh, before uh, I get into that, just a quick reminder. Uh, if you want to send us comments, questions, shout-outs, or whatever, you can contact us at inblackandright at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, inblackandright.net. And also, uh, you can subscribe to our podcasts. Uh, we are on all kinds of social media. We're on True Social. Uh, you can either look for my name, Jerry Brooks, or In Black and Right. But yeah, we're on Getter, we're on True Social, we're on X, we're on Facebook. So yeah, we're, you can find us in many, many different places. But yesterday, I'm, and I'm really surprised at myself that I forgot this. Yesterday was in Black and Right's 300th episode. 300 episodes that were into this. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe I forgot to mention that yesterday. <laughs> I mean, it just feels so bad. I feel so bad because, uh, I mean, I was so interested in other things that I even forgot to mention that at the start of yesterday's show. But I am grateful that we have made it to episode number 300. It's going to be, uh, hopefully we're going to go for 300 more. But I'll tell you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to be sure. But I'm grateful for the support of so many people that I've met as I've traveled uh, throughout the country and throughout the state of Florida. I'm very, very grateful. And so, <laughs> so yes, I'm actually surprised at myself that I forgot that, but I, I've, I've had a ton of fun doing it. I'm sorry it's been a little tough lately because I've had to deal with some health-related issues, but I'm getting a whole lot better, and it's going to be, uh, and we're going to try to finish out the year strong. Now, <laughs> today is election day in some parts of the country. Uh, states like Mississippi and the Commonwealth of Kentucky are voting for governors today, and especially uh, in Kentucky. Daniel Cameron, the state's attorney general, uh, could easily become the first black Republican governor since Reconstruction. So there's a chance for some real history to be made today. And I know we've had some uh, listeners from Kentucky. So yes, 
get out bluegrass state get uh get out there make sure you vote and uh you know hopefully we can get uh daniel cameron to make some real history uh for uh for the state of kentucky uh also in mississippi uh tate reeves uh is running for re-election and he's going against uh the cousin of elvis presley uh, which is kind of interesting but you know tate reeves and daniel cameron have both received endorsements from president trump which i'm hopeful will be uh very much helpful to them uh in their bids to uh for the governorship and uh also uh in ohio oh not ohio, um i'm sorry i'll mention ohio here but the commonwealth of virginia big big race today uh for control of the virginia legislature uh, Republicans hold a narrow majority in the Virginia House and Democrats, by a very, very slim margin, control the Virginia State Senate. So this is looked at for as sort of a referendum on Governor Youngkin's uh, of his term and of his tenure as governor because and now if if the republicans the gop who are experimenting with the idea of early voting if it turns out to be uh helpful for the republicans in virginia now all of a sudden here comes you know hey uh youngkin is the great white hope to try to take out trump now if Governor Youngkin is as smart as I believe he is, he knows that um, his time is not now. This is Trump's time. Now, unlike Governor DeSantis, who I will talk about here a little bit, I think Youngkin, if he's smart, you know, if he wins, uh, if the Republicans gain control of both houses of the Virginia legislature, I think that will bode well for Governor Youngkin, but not enough for president. Sorry. I mean, yes, there are all these people who have all this money. Uh, some have estimated that Youngkin could raise uh, $100 million dollars. But the problem is, the clock is still ticking. I mean, we are, I mean, here we are, early part of November. We're one year away from the presidential election. But we're only a couple of months away uh, from the start of primary and caucus season. Now, yes, uh, it's going to, a lot of these filing deadlines and so forth, uh, some have already passed, some haven't. And yes, President Trump still being harassed uh, in New York, in Colorado, uh, the twisted and sick and frankly demonic 
campaign to try to get him off the ballot in Colorado, to bankrupt, to try to bankrupt his company in New York, uh, and plus all these other crazy uh, trials in Georgia and in D.C. where he's not going to get a fair trial. He's certainly not getting a fair trial in New York. That is for dang sure. Uh, just kind of getting into that. Uh, excuse me. Now, of course, yesterday after uh, we had, uh, after I had finished recording uh, the episode, yesterday's episode, it got really dang interesting, uh, to be sure. Uh, some news items. Now, talking about the Trump uh, fraud case in New York, uh, oh my goodness, Letitia James is looking like an absolute moron. I mean, I don't know what the deal was. I mean, if this was a jury trial, I don't think they could convict. I mean, unless they're just like totally brain dead. But I'll tell you, this... Now, I mean, it was bad enough to put a gag order on President Trump. Now this psycho wackadoodle judge um, <laughs> has now uh, put the gag order on his attorneys. I'm thinking that's really stupid. <sighs> um, excuse me. But yeah, this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. Uh, it, so much so that Trump's attorney, Alina Haba, absolutely went full-on beast mode, or at least the nice version of it, uh, yesterday outside of the courthouse in New York after the judge just completely lost his marbles or what's left of his mind and just, oh, anyway, I just want to play just Alina Haba's comments outside of the courthouse in New York yesterday. This is highly instructive if you listen to it. I don't care who you are. 
You have a right to hire a lawyer who can put objections on the record. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can stand up and say something when they see something wrong. But I was told to sit down. I was yelled at, and I've had a judge who is unhinged slamming a table. Let me be very clear. I don't tolerate that in my life. I'm not going to tolerate it here. And you know what? You shouldn't either. Because not every American citizen gets a camera and a microphone. And what I'm seeing is such a demise of American judicial system and democracy. Miss James came out this morning and said that she knew Mr. Trump. She always calls him Mr. Trump because it kills her that he was the president. But the 45th president of this country, one of the best presidents we've had, has built a great company. It's worth a ton more than that statement of financial condition. And she doesn't know how to get out of it because her politics won't allow her. She calls him a bully. She says he's going to bring out racial slurs. He's going to say things today and taunt her. Well, Miss James, you taunted him. Oh, yeah, my friends. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. This... <laughs> Oh, yeah, Alina Haba. Mm, mm, mm. Girl, I, I'm like, I mean, yeah, she's tough. She, this is, this is a tough lady. This is a smart lady. You know, she can't, I mean, it's true. <laughs> and the whole thing about numbers, <laughs> I'm sorry, Letitia James you do not know real estate. The judge doesn't know the real estate business. He doesn't understand investment banking. And neither and neither do you, Letitia James. You are completely off of your rocker, sister. And it's like, great, another psycho black woman thinking that, you know, Pretty much you're a left-wing circus animal trained to do what you do. No. Now, for those who want to get a little bit snarky about the whole thing, let's go to somebody who knows the Trump Organization just as well as Donald Trump does. Let's go to Eric Trump who was on Sean Hannity's program the other, uh, I believe last night, and absolutely just went off uh, on Letitia James and the whole case. And I can't believe this is being allowed to happen in, in New York. There is no crime. There is no victim. Our banks made hundreds of millions of dollars off of us. Our banks love us they've never called a default on us it doesn't it doesn't make any sense there's bad people out there every day that mess around in business but that Eric, cause harm no one has been banks, harmed the exact opposite in fact our banks as i keep on saying have made a ton of money and love us it, it doesn't make any sense sean yep it doesn't make any sense because i mean let me give you a little bit of a brief and, and it's a perfect example of why this case is absolutely bogus. This fraud, this civil fraud trial with a judge 
who is nothing more than a white-haired old white guy who is carrying around so much conflict of interest and judicial bias. It's not even funny. But now, if I know a lot of people probably didn't see this in the news, but a lot of people will remember the name Sam Bankman-Fried or SBF. Now, Sam Bankman-Fried was just convicted of actual fraud, of defrauding his investors in FTX, uh, which I believe was a, a crypto uh, company. Yeah, now he was, there were actual victims in this case. The investors who were defrauded and the financial malfeasance of SBF, and he was busted for it. Now, the problem is, and it's still there, who got defrauded? Hmm? Who got defrauded? That's the question. And that's the one question that Letitia James can't answer or and won't answer. Same thing with the judge, who's just a mess. I mean, this is stuff right out of the old Soviet Union or some type of communist or fascist totalitarian regime. Show trials and everything else with a predetermined outcome and not a chance to uh, bring the evidence. Oh, boy, they. It just blows my mind, you know? And Eric Trump has a right to be ticked. And frankly, so does Donald Trump. I mean, he's on the stand. He's explaining, uh, <laughs> he's explaining what he does. The man has been in real estate for decades, okay? Decades. The man has built hotels, skyscrapers, golf courses, other types of buildings around the world, not just in the U.S. He has been a major contributor for decades to the vitalization of New York City. I mean, a fair amount of the New York skyline you know, was he was responsible for. He worked with some of the biggest banks on Wall Street, some of the biggest banks in the country. They These banks don't just take your word for it. They do their own independent due diligence. So with all of that, and there's been no bank that's defaulted on them, no bank that has called them out. They've all been paid back in full and with interest. So, frankly, where's the fraud? And nobody seems to have the guts or the brains to uh, ask Letitia James, where's the fraud? Okay, now Letitia James is a failure. She failed in attempt, I mean, 
spectacularly failed, epically failed, in her attempt to run for New York governor. So that's why she pretty much stayed attorney general. Because she wasn't going to get any kind of success and her campaign got no traction, no momentum. This woman is a proven loser. Proven loser. You know, she can't, the only thing she campaigned on was she was going to get Trump. She was just going to get Trump. Well, you're not doing a very good job of it, dear. And you have to have corrupt judges and corrupt attorneys going after him because that's the only way you can sort of win. But, I mean, this is, this is not even a trial. This is a joke and a very cruel joke to try to get, try to break Trump. It's not going to happen. You know, and this whole thing about valuing Mar-a-Lago at $18 million? I'm going, this is a WTF moment. This clown, this judge, knows nothing about real estate. Nothing. Because I have been to Palm Beach, that section of South Florida. It's gorgeous. There are some really, really nice houses. And a lot of these houses can go for what? I mean, I guess you want to call it the cheaper houses. They usually go for anywhere from 30, maybe $40 million. Okay? 40 million, that's the, the low end. I mean, you could take like a shack and put it on like maybe an acre or two down in uh, Palm Beach, that thing would go for $30 million. You, you could do that. But can't consider Mar-a-Lago is on 30 acres of prime Palm Beach property, Palm Beach land. The house, 63 thousand square feet and 18 million dollars <laughs> I think any if anybody who's in real estate heard say heard say that heard heard somebody say that they would probably look at you funny or laugh their butt off Mar-a-Lago if for whatever reason I mean Rush, the late great Rush Limbaugh's house in Palm Beach, only about maybe what three acres or so, but it was, but it had a private beach and everything. That house just by itself sold for $155 million. That's right, $155 million. And it is about one-tenth the size of Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago, if you sold it, could go for somewhere close to one billion dollars. One billion, okay, with a B. So I just, ugh, this case just really makes me crazy listening to this judge and 
how utterly incompetent and ignorant that he is and Letitia James is because Trump derangement syndrome and their own personal politics will not let them act like normal people. So there's that. So there's that. But along the same line, <clears throat> kind of getting back to uh, election day today. So, uh, oh, actually, no, not the election today. Uh, actually, tomorrow. Uh, has anybody heard that there's a debate tomorrow? Because I haven't seen that much uh, advertising for it. And frankly, uh, it it's kind of stupid. You know, you've got NBC News. You've got Lester Holt. You've got Kristen Welker, the new host of uh, Meet the Press, going after the five people on the stage who really have no chance at all of getting the nomination. I mean, my gov... Oh, gosh, I can't even believe I'm saying... But my governor, Ron DeSantis, has really, really screwed up. Big time. I mean, Trump is beating DeSantis like a drum right here in Florida. And a great example of this, last weekend in Central Florida, in Kissimmee, uh, St. Cloud area, which is uh, Central Florida, not too far from Orlando, the Florida Freedom Summit took place. And a lot of the candidates you know, spoke there. Uh, there was Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, and others, you know, and and including Ron DeSantis. This, but when Trump came, the place went bonkers. I mean, just bonkers. Just tons of energy, a whole lot of love for Trump. And frankly, Trump, in his own way, has quietly taken over the Florida GOP. Because MAGA is ascendant. I mean, look what happened just recently. We have a new Speaker of the House in Mike Johnson from Louisiana. He is America first. He has been, uh, he's worked with President Trump during uh, the impeachment disasters. So yeah. Uh, plus the fact that you know, because the Iowa caucuses are the first, at least for the Republicans anyway, the Democrats aren't even doing it. So here's Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, endorsing Ron DeSantis in Iowa uh, just yesterday, or, or at least over the weekend, and only 150 people showed up. I'm like, what? Only 150 people? Shoot, there are people on, uh, <laughs> you know, in social media that get, you know, more people than that. You know, holy cow, folks. 
this this is pretty nuts. It's pretty darn nuts, that's for sure. But hey, don't know what to tell y'all um, about that. But <laughs> I, I just think about it and I just kind of get a chuckle because we, even with the endorsement of the Iowa governor, DeSantis hasn't improved, or at least not very much. He's nowhere close. And I don't know what it is with the mainstream media. It's like, oh, DeSantis, he got this, and oh, Nikki Haley is surging, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, please, just please. Can, can we just get a little bit of sanity here? A little bit of a reality check? I mean, and apparently there's even plans for a fourth debate. And you've even got uh, some of these folks, you know, these real long shots and dark horses, they're le they've left. They've stopped their campaigns, including Mike Pence. My gosh. You know, Mike Pence, he didn't even endorse anybody. He's just like, you know, I'm done. And it's not going to happen. And frankly, there are people in Florida who are pretty PO'd at DeSantis because he won't get out of the campaign because the polls aren't going to be changing much. And when Ron DeSantis goes on MSNBC saying that the only way he's going to get the nomination is if Trump is in jail, I'll guarantee you folks, he's not only ruined a lot of his goodwill uh, here in Florida with the GOP, he's not, he, don't even think about 2028. Don't do it. Because frankly, people are going to remember 2024 or 2023. Just get out of the campaign, finish strong as governor, and there you go. Poof. But I don't think he's gonna. I really don't think so. But, you know, what can you do, folks? What can you do? Okay, let's see. Oh, yes. Another big story from yesterday. <clears throat> Apparently, somehow, the first few pages of the Nashville shooter back in March in uh, who killed all these kids and others at this Christian school in Nashville, apparently there was a huge, and I do mean huge fight over this manifesto that the shooter had. This is crazy, but you know, but for those, but for these few, um, pages that got out, it is definitely, uh, this definitely saying what's really going on here. And, and I can see sort of the why that, um, why they wanted to, uh, keep, uh, keep this from being released. But I'll tell you, just reading this story briefly from uh, Just the News, 
Um, headline, Nashville shooter wanted to, quote, kill all you little crackers, unquote, for white privilege in the leaked manifesto. Now, the whole thing isn't leaked, but this portion of it was just giving you some insights on this shooter's messed up mind. Just the first paragraph or so, uh, or actually paragraph and a half, tells you a lot. And I'll just start at the beginning. Nashville shooter Audrey Hale wrote about the desire to quote-unquote kill all you little crackers quote, uh, because of their white privilege, according to a leaked manifesto from Hale, who opened fire on a private Christian school in Tennessee earlier this year, killing six people. Kill those kids, quote-unquote. Those crackers going to private fancy schools Hale wrote in one page of a notebook, pictures of which were published by conservative commentator Stephen Crowder on Monday. Okay, this is interesting. I don't know who leaked it, or at least these that little portion of it, but yeah, this person was messed up. Okay, just messed up. Uh, mentally ill I mean oh my gosh you could just go all through uh, all sorts of things uh, as far as that goes but yeah uh, we're, I'm gonna put up because I've gotten some of the images from uh, Crowder and what he put up there oh <laughs> a little a little side note about the quote-unquote debate tomorrow, uh, <laughs> President Trump once again uh, <laughs> scheduling something to completely upstage the competition, if you actually want to call it that. President Trump will be doing a campaign rally in Hialeah, Florida, which is uh, near Miami. So this is going to be fun. Uh, here comes another debate, and Trump is pretty much going to get better numbers out of it than NBC will uh, with their debate event. And also, in which is not really a surprise to me, uh, Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, has officially endorsed her former boss, uh, Donald Trump, for the presidency. Uh, for those who may not know, Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, served as Trump's White House press secretary uh, for a while uh, during his first term. Did a pretty fantastic job in spite of the crap that she and her family went through. But yeah, so this is going to be fun uh, watching this because I'm going to be watching tomorrow night. Uh, and I will be providing you know, a little bit of my own commentary and analysis for uh, election uh, election night tonight. So yeah, that's going to be a, a lot of fun. But let's see. But oh yeah. Now of course, we're talking about 
of course, the event that everybody's talking about is the me the mess in Israel. Okay, we're we're seeing this um, play out in this country with all of these uh, protests, these pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas folks with their protests all over the United States on college campuses attacking Jewish students at some of major universities uh, NYU Columbia Harvard Stanford others it's ridiculous but yet interesting story here uh, actually two stories that are just absolutely intriguing the daylights out of me in the sense that um, the Democrats are going to have problems. I mean, well, they, I mean, they have problems, but they're going to have even worse problems, especially in the Arab community. And two stories from the National Pulse uh, bear this out. One headline says, Pro-Israel Dems blanket Rashida Tlaib's district with ads. So this is interesting. So now, Rashida to reading just a little bit of the story, Rashida Tlaib is drawing fire from fellow Democrats over her public support for Hamas and refusal to condemn the terrorist organization's barbaric October 7th attack that resulted in the death of over 1,400 Israeli civilians and soldiers. Now, that's one side of the coin. <coughs> Excuse me. But a little bit uh, earlier, if you go to the nationalpulse.com, there's another story headline poll 20% of Democrats side with Hamas. A recent poll conducted by Issues and Insights and the Technometrica Institute of Policy and Politics revealed that in the midst of the Israeli, the Israel-Hamas conflict, one in five Democrats expressed support for Hamas. The survey carried out between November the 1st to the 3rd found 20% of Democrats sided with Hamas, while 54% expressed support for Israel. Now, that right there, 20% of Democrats siding with Hamas and a majority of Democrats siding with Israel. That's going to be for a real interesting uh, primary because pro-Israeli Democrats going against pro-Hamas Democrats like the squad, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, AOC, blah, blah, blah. That which is coven. But I'll tell you, this is going to this is a huge problem for Democrats because if you're going to take I mean Biden's already getting grief from uh, fr from a lot of Muslim Democrats you know it, it's just crazy it's crazy what's going on because if this is going on with the Democrats I'm kind of curious as to what's going on, you know, in the Christian community.
Because I'll tell you, I haven't really seen that many national evangelical leaders uh, coming out in support of Israel. Now, I could be wrong. I may not be watching certain things, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. Because what's going on right now in Israel is rather indicative of a lot of things. Yes, Netanyahu is not going to give into pressure for any kind of ceasefire uh, because they've been down this road before. Okay? You know, this is not Netanyahu's first rodeo. You know, you, you give them any kind of, you give Hamas any kind of breathing room and, you know, they're just going to just have at. Well, I think finally it's enough. Enough is enough here. They want, the Israelis want peace, but for those who are towing the line of Israeli occupation, no. You are in a minority, and especially if you're a Democrat, that's going to make it real interesting to see who you're going to be voting for next year, depending upon what uh, Biden does as far as foreign policy. So, uh, I don't know. I just don't know, folks. What's going to go on with this? But it fascinates the daylights out of me. It's really going to, it's kind of a wait and see sort of attitude because now the Democrats are screaming bloody murder in the House, especially with Speaker Johnson passing, pushing through a standalone bill that funds Israel. Now, the Democrats are wanting it tied also to Ukraine funding. It's like, mm, I don't think so. And Zelensky's already got enough problems. I mean, more than enough. But let's see what happens, though, because if the, if the House Republicans give in on this and make it a, a funding bill to give more money, billions of more American taxpayer money for the Ukraine to money launder, that's not going to go over well. It's not going to go over well for a lot of Americans. And frankly, the GOP needs to start listening to the Republican base rather than ignoring it. I mean, it, it, it's about as simple as that. So, my friends, on that note, I'm going to call it a day today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, greatly appreciate uh, the downloads and any other comments. So I appreciate all of you guys. Have yourself a terrific Tuesday. If you're in Mississippi or Kentucky or in Ohio and any place where you have any kind of election today, make sure you get out and vote. That's the only way that we're going to get this country back on the track that it needs to be. So take care for now. God bless you guys. And remember, as always, 
Patriots come in all colors.